1: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion.
2: BlueNile.com Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Borough purchase at borough.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash acast.
0: Hello, and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, this coming weekend, We will mark 25 years since the Good Friday Agreement was settled in 1998. It will be Monday is the exact day, but it is the Good Friday Agreement, although they've added the Belfast Good Friday Agreement to it now. But it was the most incredible achievement of my lifetime, and I'm sure of many people's, because it transformed this country uh, north in particular, but South also, from pain, death, misery, fear, into a country that had a future and that had the precious virtue of peace. And one of the principal architects of that was Bertie Ahern, and he was Taoiseach three times, and his leadership delivered things that people didn't believe were possible. For example, Articles 2 and 3 of the Irish Constitution had to go. That was a big price, but it was worth paying others like Tony Blair, Bill Clinton, uh, David Trimble, Seamus Mallon, John Hume, Mo Molum, George Mitchell, and of course the leaders of the Sinn Féin movement, Gerry uh, Adams, Martin McGuinness. A lot of people played important parts in this great achievement. And it's a pleasure to talk to one of them now, Bertie Ahern. Bertie, can I ask you first about your thoughts looking back now? RTE had a very good programme last night, which illustrated how the whole thing nearly fell apart in the week, building up to Good Friday. George Mitchell had put a deadline of Friday on it, and your own mother passed that week. The pressure... Must have been incredible, but it looked like falling apart. What do you think saved it?
3: Well, I think, Eamon, that the prize w- was big, and um, we we really had an opportunity uh, of doing something historic and to end the violence. And I suppose that you know the, the Good Friday Agreement has lots of parts in it, lots of institutional stuff, and. Uh, stuff about prisoners and about arms, but the, the the big issue was about trying to end the conflict, end the you know the thousands of people who were killed during yes. the troubles and the injuries. And I think people people knew um we knew from security briefings and and, and we knew I think instinctively that if we failed, we were going to to, to roll on into another cycle of violence. And I remember saying to uh, the delegations as we got to the last weeks, not just the last week, but last week, that, you know, the conflicts that you and I know, because we, we, we remember in our, our ages, that it started in the late 60s. It was civil rights um, yes. issues. It wasn't really about British and Irish. It was about civil rights issues and equality issues. And then you know, the first, there were only a few attempts to end that violence. One was in 74. That didn't work. And the next one was 85. So an 11 year break. And then it was 98. So 13 year break. So I think that what was facing us and staring us down in Castle Buildings was that if we, if we messed this up and if we failed, we're in for another decade of violence. And I think that's what concert, concentrated the minds more than anything.
0: Yes, and it's worth pointing out that 3,700 people approximately died and multiples of that suffered pain and loss and fear. It was a terrible, terrible time. Now, there was a behavior and attitude survey for the Sunday Times last week, which has dramatic information in it, uh, to show the young generation now have really... Forgotten or even never knew the real details of what we call the Troubles. But one of the things was the remarkable calibre of the politicians that were engaged in this, Clinton and Blair, yourself, uh, getting rid of Articles 2 and 3. Could you explain to us how dramatic, historic, difficult that was, and what in fact Articles Two and Three were about, as I understand it, they were about our claim to the north.
3: Yeah, in the thirty-seven Constitution, the De nineteen thirty-seven Constitution, um, they put in, and it was up front. It was Articles Two and Three, so it was it was up at the top of the Constitution that you know because of the fact that this had been a, a an issue for for a hundred years. That we claim still sovereignty over, over Northern Ireland. We, we had a territorial claim over Northern Ireland. In effect, that was never, I suppose, used or triggered, but the, the, the constitutional reality is that we, we, we claimed that position. And, you know, that was a voted constitution by the Irish people at the time. And there'd been many discussions down the years about whether that could be removed or not, um, uh, by, by a number of, of, of governments, but, at each time, they said no; that they, they couldn't do it, they wouldn't do it. They might consider it, but they weren't prepared to to to, to put it yep. up. So, um, and on the other side of that, I suppose whenever you mentioned the constitution, on one side there was the Government of Ireland Act of nineteen twenty, which set up Northern Ireland. Yes, um, and Section seventy-five of that, um, also had to go. So the quid pro quo was. I would change the constitution. They would drop the, the government of Ireland Act. And I suppose I, w- one point I'd like to make very strongly. You hear nowadays and, and Tory ministers talking about the Act of Union and to a certain extent, some politicians in the North. The, the Act of Union in 1801 and several amendments to it. That was not part of the equation and isn't part of the equation. I mean, that, 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 whatever about trade issues to do with constitutional territory positions, this was about the 1920 Act and the Articles 2 and 3 of the Thirty Seven Constitution. Both of them were dropped in, in, in the Good Friday Agreement.
0: How hard a sell was it for you, as the leader of Fianna Fáil to have those two articles removed?
3: Uh, it was difficult, I Eamon, for what, what I did. Uh, because, you know, De, was De Valera and the attachments to his constitution was his big thing at the time. Uh, and you know you know the history of that that he a lot of it he he yes. actually wrote himself, and you know it this went back to republicanism it went back to tone's time and yes you know all of this so w- w- what I had to do and i i I didn't jump it on the name and um i for several weeks um before we got to those f- final few weeks um I had Sunday morning sessions with the party, uh, where I brought them through what I was trying to do. I brought them through where I was trying to get balance. Um, uh, of course, as you can imagine, it's been, most of the questions were about articles two and three. Yes. Um, so, uh, at least I had a mandate f- from the party, um, to, to actually, uh, you know, to go into the discussions knowing that I was prepared to concede in them, um, providing I got the other things that I wanted.
0: Yes. And in a very good program that Orty showed last night, David Trimble is seen to say gleefully that he had got rid of articles two and three. So you, you gave the unionists a big, big bone.
3: Yeah. There was no doubt about that. I mean, the, the that constitution for revision, whether it, it, it took effect ever or not was a huge thing in the psychology. Um, because they they claim, you know, they thought that we we were claiming that um, Northern Ireland was totally British. So we were removing that, removing the government's Act, and moving to consent on the basis that any change in the status in Northern Ireland forevermore would be decided by uh, the people of the North in a free election. Yes. So if people voted for a uh, New Ireland a United Ireland. I'd rather say New Ireland if they voted for that. Um, that was it. If they voted to stay with Britain as they are today that was that. So, And, and of course i so quickly say w- one of the things we put in for nationalists and republicans was that um, there, there would be a road to a united Ireland or new Ireland yes. uh, by, by a free and fair election and the British would not interfere if that was the will of the people of, of Northern Ireland.
0: Now one of the surprising things in this poll for the Sunday Times, Behaviour and Attitudes poll, and there were many surprising things, is that the majority of Generation Z, as they call them now, which is the young generation, uh, they had never heard of George Mitchell, and they'd never heard of Mo Molen. And that is really ironic for for someone like you, when you consider how important George Mitchell was, he was the American, he was Clinton's man, and Mo Molem, who was the Northern Secretary, and a breath of fresh air.
3: Yeah, they were, were crucial people to the whole process. George Mitchell um, came over to, to give us for three months, uh, President Clinton asked him to he give three months um, uh, on this, and he ended up giving three years of his time. Yes. And, um, he, he, he was a, a great person. I think one of the things about the poll, um, and you know, that, that obviously take a poll reflects what, what people said to them. But a good thing, um, Eamon is that the Good Friday Agreement, and it makes me feel old, but a Good Friday Agreement is now <laughs> part of the curriculum. <laughs> uh, so it's actually on the Lead and curriculum this year. Yes. Uh, and th- I think that's a good thing because young people from now on, uh, we'll be will be learning about it, and I think the focus on on the anniversary is probably also helping. So I I don't want the young people to remember the troubles every day because there wasn't much to be proud of during the troubles. But at least it'd be good if they have a general knowledge of you know what the constitutional arguments were and why did why we had troubles and you know the fact as you said three thousand seven hundred people died, nearly thirty thousand people were injured. You know, we had about almost 50,000 between bombs and shootings, 50,000 cases. So it was a horrific period. You don't want them having to live that every day, but it's good that they're aware of it. And I think through the school process, they will be now.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
0: Government, Blair coming into government was critical. And of course, Clinton also being in Washington in the White House was critical. The genius of it from your perspective is recognizing opportunity and the Blair and Clinton and yourself. And one has to say, John Hume as well. You recognized that this new British government, which came in in 1997, offered opportunity. They were open to it, and Blair was particularly
3: open to it. Yeah, yeah there was no doubt about it. He came in with a huge mandate. Uh, John Major was a good man, but he just didn't have the numbers to, to carry this forward. Uh, the, the Tories were, were just not going to allow him to do what he yes. wanted to, to do. Uh, so so Blair w- w- was up for a, a total deal. I mean, he, you know, there, there was no way you were going to get a, a Tory government to actually release prisoners on licence, or to you know, to demilitarise Northern Ireland in in a quick period. So, like when the issues that were before us that we had to was the reform of policing, removing the old RUC into a new policing yes. service, demilitarising Northern Ireland, changing all the the laws that were on the statute book that had been built up during, during the troubles. You know, so there were there were huge big issues and um you needed a Labour government with a big mandate and you needed yes. a, a Labour Prime Minister who, who was prepared to make big decisions
0: now you had your mother pass that week uh, during that week it was clearly a period of your life of enormous grief uh, and stress but you went back up and when you went back up things were looking very bad weren't they on the
3: Thursday even yeah well, well what, what happened um I'm back in Drone I, I, I had the heart attack on the the Monday and yes you know she went to the church on Tuesday. I came out of Marino church to to walk back to 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 back to church avenue back to to Drone Condra. and they, they rang me and to say listen um uh, David Trimble has told the British government he's out of here. Uh, that, the, you know, if the strand two, which was the north south bodies, yes. um, that he, he, he wasn't prepared to deal with these. And John Taylor, on the evening interview, had said he wouldn't touch the proposals with a 40 foot pole. That's right. So so they said to me, um, listen, Tish, you better get back up here as quick as you can. Um, but it's no good. Actually, Paddy Teen, a good Kerry man who was Secretary General of my department, he said to me, it's no good coming back up unless you're prepared to renegotiate what you've already agreed the previous week in London with the British government. So, you know, um, Tony, but I'm not sure that problem last night got across that the the, the British government and the Irish government had signed off on these proposals. So it wasn't a wish of the Irish government. It was a negotiated position with the British government, but the British government couldn't sell it to the the unionists. Uh, So what's new? So um, I I, I then had to make a judgment um, would I listen to my own officials and would I talk to George Mitchell so when I come out of the church in Marino, I walked all the way from a t- t- place you know well Damon. I walked all the way from Merino church all mm. the way to Movey Road on yes, the full end of Gifford Avenue and I spoke to George Mitchell for an hour and 20 minutes um, which I didn't recall how long but he, he had it in his book and he timed it and you know, we, we agreed that uh, even though my man's funeral was in the Wednesday morning, the following morning, that I would go up at six o'clock. Uh, I would meet Trimble. I would meet John Taylor, McGuinness and all the guys, calm them down, say that I will, I am prepared to o- open up the discussions and find an- another way of dealing with the North South bodies, which we successfully did. Um, and then come back down to the funeral. But if I didn't do that, um, they, they were gone. And I only found out last week, Eamon, that and I mean, I didn't know this until Daphne Trimble told me last week that yes. she's going through her archive stuff. David died last August or July, and she's going through her archives, and, and actually David had written a letter to the Prime Minister uh, on that Tuesday saying he was out of the talks. Wow. I, I, I knew he yep. told them, but I didn't know until the other day that he actually put it in writing.
0: So it was a very close shave and a very great political achievement, and people often wonder why Biden... Uh, and uh, successive American administrations the, the Clintons of course as well are so proud of it in that there are no other successful uh, peace processes that, that I can think of off the top of my head it's a very very difficult thing to do and a very important thing to do because as you said 3,700 people dead and multiples of that uh, widowed, injured, maimed all kinds of stuff now I I just I want to ask you about the present situation with the problems the British government and the Irish government are having and, of course, the DUP are holding uh, everything up. Um I just want to ask you about your view of the necessity of having a British government that's looking for peace, that wants peace, and that wants the reconciliation to continue, rather than a British government playing politics with the North on the basis of the Union or on some other basis, in Theresa May's case and in Boris Johnson's case, because the DUP held the balance of power in Westminster. There are dangers in that, aren't there?
3: Yeah, there there is, Eamon, and and I think we've We've suffered that a lot, not only in the last twenty five or thirty years, but probably all the way back to to nineteen twenties. Yeah. And you know, the the thing about the Good Friday Agreement, we we, we successfully grappled, uh, which and it can't be reopened now, is that the constitutional change is that you, you, to deal with the identity issue, and 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 I understand it very well that unionist people. Are attached to Britain. They're British. That's their DNA. And f- what we did was that people in Northern Ireland uh, can either be British, they can be Irish, or they can be both. Yes. Uh, and that was the junction box that we created to to allow people to declare that and to do it with their passports and do it in every way. So that, that that's the balance, and you can't undo that balance. And the, the difficulty about strengthening the union and, you know, all the things you hear about the act of union, the the, the, the balance, there, there are two sides here. It's not just unionism. There's unionism and nationalism. Yeah. And nationalism, uh, consider that Northern Ireland is, 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 as I always say, the same as the cliffs of Mohera. Um, and um, some people in Northern Ireland want to think that Northern Ireland is the same as Finchley. But yes. the, rea- the balance is that Northern Ireland can make their decisions based on consent themselves. It's, ther- it's not the same as anywhere else in Britain. It's a different arrangement. Um, uh, and that's, that's, that's the balance that was struck. And uh, more importantly, and it was John Hume's idea, it, it, it was the balance that the people of Ireland, North and South voted over when we fought. So so any alternative to that you know is, is some a change that I I would not think people near
0: let me ask you about the present situation where the DUP can it seems block the return of an assembly in the north and they are dealing with a british government that has left the european union is hostile to the european union and appears to be hostile to this process that you and your contemporaries set up. They, they appear to be hostile. You do need two to dance, don't you? And at the moment, we
3: haven't got that. No, you, you, you do, Eamon. I and mean, it's, it's, it's a totally unsatisfactory and you not know, sustainable position to continue on that the institutions of the Good Friday Agreement, Belfast Good Friday Agreement, uh, are, are, are not in place and, you know, sooner rather than later, sooner probably means now uh, the second half of May, because I don't see any change. There's not going to be a change for the anniversary. There's not going to change for the Biden or Clinton visit. They're all coming here in the next two weeks. Yes. Um, and the local elections is, is in mid-May. So I, I, I think the punch time, uh, Eamon, if I, if I can read the tea leaves right, is going to be the second half of May. And that requires... The British government, the Irish governments uh, and the parties to, to make the move that we restore the institutions, and I think that is necessary to do it. I think it's going to be a test for Rishi Sunak. Um, it's going to be a test for um, Steve Baker and Heaton Harris, the, the, the ministers from the Tories. Yeah. Um, so you know, t- time, time time will tell. But I, 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 it is not sustainable for the people of Northern Ireland. Forget about the rest of us, and uh, to have position where their government and their assembly are in suspension now for over 15 months and where there's an enormous amount of decisions that are sitting on the back and, and and that cannot continue.
0: Now, just to go back to that behaviour and attitudes poll and one good piece of news you gave us this morning is that it is going to be a subject in schools, the Northern situation, but there are shocking statistics in it about the degree to which our younger generation aren't aware of, for example, who did what. 37% of them think the British army were uh, killed more than anybody else. They think only 14% uh, of killings were down to the Republican paramilitaries. In fact, that's, that's the exact opposite almost. Of it's the a, it's a good, um, it's it the way round, but yeah. I just want so, to ask you um, how important we should take the teaching of the lessons of the Good Friday Agreement and the history of the troubles. It should be very important, shouldn't it not? Because at some stage, that generation is going to have to make decisions, perhaps have a vote and have choices to make. It's important that they have the facts right rather than as wrong as they appear to be in their minds at the moment.
3: It, it, it is very important, Eamon, and one of the things that always concerns me that, uh, is that sometimes that you know the past is glorified as if you know a lot of these uh, atrocities were were in, in some way something to be uh, to be celebrated. Yes. And the, the 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 reality of the situation is that most of the people who were killed were civilians. Yes. And most of the hardship was by the ordinary Joe and Mary soap. Yeah. So I I I think it's it, it's important that people know that um there there is no glory on one side or the other than this. This was all this was all death, destruction, um, and, and this was a, a, a terrible life for the people of Northern Ireland and by extension the Dublin, Monaghan bombings and a lot of the other bombs went along in different towns in the border during the troubles. So you know there was no glory in like this. It, we, we, we never want to go back to those days. So people need to know how bad those days were, not that there were something that, you know, we, we can all feel good about or uh, singing songs in a the, in the pub at midnight, yes. you know. It isn't that we <laughs> want to uh, never go back down this road again.
0: When the women's soccer team qualified for the World Cup, as I'm sure you know they did, uh, they sang Ooh, up the Ra." So that's. Yeah, well,
3: it, and, and we it fairness they in fairness, they didn't understand. No, I do they, 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 they did it very good. But it, it is, it, 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 because until we, we get, I, I know people would say, listen to you and I, um, that we should have all this done and dusted 25 years on. But I suppose we have to remember uh, that the argument has has gone on for hundreds of years, and yes, it, 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 it's. Um, I, I always say the good thing about the north is the first people that were ever on the island of Ireland were twelve and a half thousand years ago, and we've only been arguing for a hundred years. <laughs> but, so, but I think we 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 need to realise that you know there still is sensitivities and there still yes, is course. animosities and enmities and we have to keep moving forward so we don't want any glorification of of, of times past
0: no and uh, we're very grateful to you for joining us and forever the people of this country uh, should be grateful to you for your contribution and leadership that gave us the peace that we have and hopefully that we can build on Uh, Bertie Hearn thank you very much for joining us thanks to all of you for listening that's all we have time for now we'll talk to you soon